Napa know-how. Why should you get a five-quart jug of Napa conventional oil plus a Pro Select oil filter for $15.99? Because the dog days of summer are just as hard on your engine as they are on you. So get your five-quart jug of Napa conventional oil plus a Pro Select oil filter for just $15.99. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.19. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. Happy Tuesday and welcome in to Sound Sports. This is a podcast exclusive a new thing that we're doing here episode 500 um so that being said podcast and today is the seattle super podcast um myself uh sammy george with my brother george george and we're going to be doing this every tuesday for now which is the seattle theme podcast um you can always find us on itunes and soundcloud um just type in that being said or sont sports s-o-n-t sports and you can always support and find us at S-O-N-T Sports. That's S-O-N-T Sports.com. And George, this is episode 500 of That Being Said Podcast. And welcome into the first episode of the Seattle Super Podcast, a little uh, twist on Seattle Supersonics. Yeah, man. Now, if only we can actually bring back the Seattle Supersonics, not just the Seattle Super Pod, that'd be great. But it's pretty fantastic. It's been 500 episodes already of that being said podcast. And, and you know, today's also the one year anniversary of our website being launched on sports.com. And that was all by coincidence that they both kind of fell in on the same exact day, which is, you know, pretty cool coincidence. And it's just nice uh, to, you know, give back to the Seattle community and like give them some Seattle themed podcast. Because, yeah, we're sports fans, but we're Seattle sports th- fans at heart. And uh, this is the teams we root for. So this podcast, I feel like, is going to be a lot more about us being fans and us having some emotion into it rather than just be, you know, kind of talking about the big news, which we are also fans of. But this one, like, I get, you know, emotionally hurt when the Seattle Seahawks lose or the Seattle Mariners lose or when we don't have the Sonics. Yeah, but either way, we're always biased. Speak for yourself, man. I'm I'm never biased. Oh yeah. Um, all right, let's get in to this. This is exciting, a Seattle theme. And for those that obviously know that, you know, last night, Monday night was Monday night football, a big game for the Seattle Seahawks. And at the end, before we go, uh, today probably no Mariners, you know, that that stuff we have a long time to talk about. But we will talk about briefly, because you mentioned the Seattle Sonics, we get them back hopefully. Kind of the first step happened with the NHL coming to Seattle, and we'll talk about that at the end briefly, if uh, you know if we have enough time here, because that's a that's the first step, maybe to a, a new basketball team. Yeah, but I'm just going to let you know from right now, uh, I will not be a fan of the NHL hockey team if they go with the team named the Seattle Kraken. Oh uh, yeah, I, I really hope they don't. I don't think they're doing it. They'll go like Metropolitans or something. Um, all right, let's do this. Um, let's start Monday Night Football last night. I mean, either way, in our regular pod, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but Seahawks go out. Um, both teams lay an egg kind of offensively, but this team that people said lost the Legion of Boom kind of, I feel like, has the Legion of Boom back in a in a whole new roster. 
Yeah, and you know, the difference this time is at least we have a bunch of players, you know, and I know we've always talked about this, that don't make too much noise. And the most important thing, I mean, if you go look at Russell Wilson's stats in general this game, he didn't really play that amazing of a game, but he always gets the job done. And we've went from a team that was a Legion of Boom-centric, Richard Sherman-centric, uh, Earl Thomas-centric as the leaders of a team to a team that is now led by Russell Wilson. He's the focal point. He's the leader of a team. And defensively, we have Bobby Wagner on the other side being the leader of a defense, and he's shown to be – he's not a guy who really makes noise outside of when it – he makes noise in football, but not outside of football in general. And I think that's why we're seeing so much success in a team that's pretty much clicking on all cylinders and getting hot at the right time. I mean, we're entering the playoff race and they're getting hot. Last night was probably one of the first times that I feel like um, the general public got a deeper look into actually Bobby Wagner being a vocal guy. But I'm sure he's very vocal, but like you're saying, it's just not within the like media. He's not a Richard Sherman-esque type of person or a Michael Bennett-esque type of person where he talks out. But we did get to see a little bit of the cocky, the loud side on the field, which at the end of the day, I want that out of my starting middle linebacker. I just don't need it off the field. So it was really good to kind of get a little bit of a, a the, the mic'd up of Bobby Wagner and how much he actually really like puts into the game and how much he freaking loves football. You can see that. Yeah, and I believe he might be the only person left on the defense that's starting from that original Super Bowl. No, him and K.J. Wright are both still on the team from the team that won the He's Super Bowl hurt, against the Denver Broncos. He's hurt, though. K.J. No. Wright hasn't been playing last couple of games. So it's been mostly yes, just Bobby Wagner. It's literally been Bobby Wagner, It's which is kind of insane. Right. And, you know, uh, we were talking about it, me and you, uh, during the broadcast last night, and we were thinking, hey, who, who's the best defensive player in all of football? And, you know, I, I personally don't think it's Bobby Wagner, but it could be Bobby Wagner. It could – I mean, I think he's probably – in my opinion, the third most impactful player on defense in the National Football League after Khalil Mack, after Avon Miller. But, I mean, you can't deny how important he is to this team. And when you have a guy like uh, like Bobby Wagner, who I'd say is top five defensive player in the whole NFL, and you have a guy like Russell Wilson, who you can make an argument is a top five quarterback in the whole NFL, I mean, that's just a formula for success. And let's not forget, you can add our head coach as being a top five head coach in the NFL as well. So, I mean, those are the three pillars. You have the middle linebacker, you have the quarterback, and you have the head coach. So who's to say this team can't make a deep run into the playoffs and, you know, win a Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl? I'm not going to come out here and say, but we can go to Dallas and win, and then what? I mean, you could play L.A. We saw us play L.A. before. Then you can go on the road. I mean, it's not too far-fetched to see us winning a Super Bowl this year. I'm not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think we are legitimate contenders. Yeah, they're obvious contenders. But let me get to – before I get into, like, Super Bowl talk and all this, I definitely want to – two two guys that we were talking about, Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Um, we kind of moved on from Russell fast. I have some things to say about that, but let's stick to Bobby Wagner first. Mm-hmm. Um, and and finish talking about him and why I think, you know, he's by far the second most valuable player, I think, defensively. I think we can all agree that Khalil Mack is probably number one at this point. We saw the, the, you know, the impact he's made. But, like, Von Miller, uh, Von Miller's still a top ten maybe defender in the NFL, but if you look at numbers, I just brought up a few brief numbers. 
true, but I brought up a few numbers. And remember, middle linebackers have more impact than D linemen a lot of times. I mean, Bobby Wagner's top he's the six most tackles in the NFL. He has the most pass deflection uh, out of linebackers in the NFL with 12. He has a touchdown this year with that 98 uh, yard touchdown return. Um, he has a fall recovery. He's, he's, as a middle linebacker, he's second in all of the league in tackles um, behind Keekley. But I think, in, I think when you just look at the total impact that he's made and the, what he's had to go through um, as the linebacker who has lost his entire support on the defense and somehow brought them right back to being a top defense in the NFL, I think, it's, I think, it, it, I think it goes to show that he's probably the second, at least maybe not talented, but at least the second most important right now outside of Khalil Mack. Yeah, you can you can easily make an argument for that. I mean, I'm not gonna. I, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say I have all the numbers in front of me, so I can tell you who I think is first, second, third. But I mean, I'm easy. You have to put Bobby Wagner in your top five, and that's really what's you know my key takeaway before we get into Russell Wilson. When you have a top, uh, you know, a arguably top five quarterback, arguably top five um, linebacker, and arguably top five head coach. That is a real, real, real formula for success in this league. And it just goes to show how important it is that we have all these right guys in the, in the right places, too, with not making noise, good leaders. I mean, this team is just so fun to watch. I was telling you last night, it's my favorite Seahawks team. Yeah, more than even the Super Bowl teams. I just like how this team is constructed. I like how they play. And I, like, I like that our kicker doesn't miss any kicks, too. And I like that even he has a little bit of edge to him and a little bit of swag. So, yeah, this team is just great, man. I, I couldn't be more excited to see what we do the rest of the season. Yeah, and, and the kicking's obviously a big one. I mean, we've seen a lot of teams have kicking problems this year, and that, that's been um, – I know I was definitely a little disappointed with Blair Walsh the last couple of years because Hauschka was so reliable. Um, but now with, with Janikowski, he's been Mr. Clutch for us, I feel like. You know, every time he goes up there, usually in other games, I know when we watch other teams, we're like, oh, this kick's going to be missed. Kind of watching Janikowski, we sit there and we say, like, oh, we know this is one's going in because he has that extra – him and – I mean, Tucker is one of the guys that we know on Baltimore that's going to make him too, but – most teams in the league, you watch the kicker lining up, and you wouldn't be shocked at all if it misses. With Janikowski, at least, I feel like I'm usually leaning towards a make rather than the thought of a miss, which makes yeah, me happy. No, absolutely, man. <laughs> and that helps so much having your special teams being good. I mean, that's so important in football. And just it's so much more reliable, more easy to watch as a fan, knowing that if you're inside the 30-yard line, you're at least going to get three points for the most part, other than – you know, like at the end of a second quarter, I guess we'll get to Russell uh, Wilson here. Uh, that interception was bad, but I mean, I saw some great <laughs> tweets on the internet. Like my favorite one was, at least that's only the second worst pass that uh, Russell Wilson's ever thrown in his at the one yard line in his career. It is a good joke, but it is absolutely over exaggerated because i know a lot of people were over exaggerating about that interception like oh frick fucking russell wilson horrible throw what what is he doing yeah and then and you look at it and it's okay if he got sacked which he was either getting sacked or throwing it away if he gets sacked we're running out of time uh clocks over at least his thought process was if i can get it out of my hands it hits the ground we have three points unfortunately it landed right in the in in uh i think it was griffin's hands and um, was it Griffin? Who is it? 
It was Kendrick's. Kendrick's hands, sorry. Yeah, right into Kendrick's hands. And luckily, Kendrick tripped. Sure, maybe he wouldn't have had a touchdown. But at the end of the, end of the day, he was trying to get us an opportunity at another three points. And it didn't work out. But at the same time, the guy got tackled on the five-yard line. Didn't score a touchdown. At the end of the day, it didn't really... If he took the sack, it would have been the same result. So at the end of the day, I, I'm not too concerned about how the, the overreaction of, uh, of that play. Because you know what? The reason we love Russell Wilson is because he can make those type of plays, those extra plays that a lot of quarterbacks usually can't make. Yeah, I mean, that's what you have to live with. I mean, he's the type of quarterback, like we all say, all he does is extend plays. And, uh, you know, he makes that's what he does. He's a guy who extends plays. And uh, in general, he's um, he's so mobile and he's so the, his feet help extend plays. And once in a while with that, when that happens, you're going to make a mistake and throw the ball to the other team. You might get sacked. But you have to take the good with the bad. I mean, him being one of the most elusive quarterbacks in the NFL has got us to where we are. Yeah, once in a while it might result in a turnover, a pick, but that's something you gotta live with with Russell Wilson and something we should be used to. And I yeah, it was a complete joke. It was the second worst interception on the one yard line of his career because it really in the grand scheme of things, as you said, it was a complete overreaction that people were so upset about it because it either way we were going to halftime. Well, my thing is it it probably wasn't a joke. Well, it depends who wrote it. If it was a Seattle fan, it might have not actually been a joke because I know some people genuinely thought it was such a seriously bad throw. You know, obviously to the outside public, they're probably like, okay, bad throw, whatever, move on, right? Like nothing happened. Um, but I, I have a, a plethora of friends we know and on Twitter, you know, talking about Russell Wilson and all his mistakes. And that brings me to uh, one of my points here is I saw on Twitter today on a Brock Heward, I think it was Brock Heward, under one of his tweets about the Seahawks, somebody's like, I can't believe how inconsistent Russell Wilson is. And a lot of people were attacking this guy who tweeted that out. And, uh, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, I don't know how a Seattle fan can think this guy's inconsistent. This is Russell Wilson. I mean, you're not going to get a 400-yard game out of him every single week. But you're going to get a Russell Wilson who always, no matter what, at the end of the day, makes the right play and wins you the game. And that's what happened again. And you look at Russell Wilson. He's a top 10. I think he's... If I'm not mistaken, what is he in passing yards? He in passing yards, he's kind of low, but he's a top ten in touchdowns. He's top five. He's tied for fourth in touchdowns. He has six picks, which outside of Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, that's the least amount of picks. He has he has a very high yards per attempt. He hasn't been taking many sacks this year. Actually, there's a lot guys like Jared Goff uh, and and Matt and Ryan have his many rush yards. Sacks. Yeah, last night did it again. Yeah, with the rush yards. And, yeah, he's going to be inconsistent in the sense that he's not always going to get you 400 yards, but he does exactly what you need, gets you the wins, makes the right plays. And at the end of the day, the guy has, again, this year, 29 touchdowns, six interceptions, almost 3,000 yards, 111 quarterback rating, 65% completion. He's outplaying guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in yards per attempt, touchdowns, interceptions, sacks, him and Rodgers have the same out. He has a better quarterback rating, more yards per game, right? or almost the same amount of yards per game. It's pretty wild to to see it because it really puts it in perspective that, man, we're really lucky to have this guy. Whether you think he's inconsistent or not, this guy clearly knows how to win games no matter what. Right, and, you know, like in general, though, like it's like – 
it's a different brand of football than we're used to seeing in the NFL. And that's why people call it inconsistent. If you want to really just look at it, we're usually used to quarterbacks succeeding by being in the pocket, you know, sitting in the pocket and throwing darts. Russell Wilson kind of runs around, kind of improvises. Um, he's the best post-snap adjuster I've seen in my uh, in my life watching football usually you know most of the guys i grew up watching the peyton mannings the tom brady's they're so good pre-snap where they find the open guy using manipulation and and uh audibling and uh, shifting on the line of scrimmage and sending guys in motion Russell Wilson, on the other hand, it, I feel like as soon as the ball is snapped and if the play breaks down, I haven't seen a guy be able to go out and actually just decide, okay, I'm going to run around, I'm going to point to a guy to go to the left, and then I'm going to throw them, throw him open. The improvision that Russell Wilson has, he is the best post-snap quarterback I've seen in my life, and that's not an exaggeration. I mean, yeah, you might say, oh, the Michael Vick. Well, he ran around. I'm talking about passing. I'm talking about a passing quarterback. And Russell Wilson, yes, he's mobile, but he's still a passing quarterback. He's the best I've seen at post-snap in my in, in my lifetime. Rodgers. Rodgers and Russell Wilson are practically the same. The only difference is uh, Rodgers has now reduced his running, I think. But if you really look at in Rodgers' prime, probably about the same because I would say Russell maybe has more athleticism in the sense of being able to get out a little better, but Rodgers has a better arm talent. And able to make the throws more him and rogers yes and i agree i was going to think about michael vick as well but michael vick's more better wild plays but not necessarily the right play right. russell knows how to make the right play at all times um a couple guys that we've seen right now is rogers and wilson that can do that and it looks like patrick mahomes might end up being that kind of guy too because patrick mahomes figures that kind of stuff out um but outside of those two uh, really wilson is something extremely unique in that sense that I almost am way more comfortable. Two, two situations I'm comfortable with Russell Wilson. If he's throwing it really deep downfield fast, like hike, three-step drop, chuck it downfield, or hike and run around. And I don't think we've ever had a quarterback that we consider reliable, like in the NFL, not even just in Seattle, but in the NFL that people consider reliable that improvise as much as he does. Because usually the, improv like the improvising is more considered kind of a hectic thing and not – the right way to play quarterback, but Russell does it and is considered like the, the a classic quarterback that people would actually want on their team. Yeah, and the weird thing about that is that like when I'm watching it, I feel hectic. I feel lost. I feel like everyone's running around. I feel like people are in places they shouldn't be. But but when but Russell makes such good decisions, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, at first, like the first few years watching him play like this, you're always like, oh my god, this is not gonna last forever. There's no way he can last like this. There's no way he can do this, and it, he just has, and it all works. I think um, we're on the same page there. But the shift gears. What what is this? team ceiling what do we have to do to get you know we have two three games left we play the 49ers this week then the Chiefs and Cardinals at home after that to end the season I'm I'm pretty you know two and one seems like the worst case scenario uh for our record I think that'd get us to what we're eight and five right now two and one would get us to 10 wins right yep yeah, and, t and 10 wins will make, make the playoffs. I think nine wins might even make the playoffs in the NFC at this point. So now it's more about seeding. I think we're pretty much locked up in the five seed. Do you think this team has a legitimate chance to make the Super Bowl? Or do you think it's, yeah, a deep playoff run? And last question, if they, 
If this season ended in a first-round playoff exit, would you deem this season a success due to our expectations before before this season? Not, not your expectations, personally, because you had high expectations, but the expectations of a public. This is why I wish we had the Seattle theme podcast specifically. And, you know, uh, for those that don't know our actual podcast, which if you follow this, if you start finding us through the Seattle podcast, we obviously we have a two or three times a week where it's all sports. Um, I was saying it on there a lot. I mean, you know, my prediction was 10 and six for this team. And, and that's why, you know, I, I, for me, yes, it's a disappointment. If they Real quick. I just, I don't mean to cut you off, but let's remind everyone that my prediction was three and 13. Three and 13. Yeah. A, a true Seahawks fan. Actually, George, George is a, George was a true Seattle fan for a, for a couple weeks, you know, just always with the Mariners, you know, we always, Seattle fans tend to have low expectations in general sometimes. But for us, I was like, you know what, this team's good. The run game, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, and I loved all the noise being gone from the defense. I knew a young corner is going to be better than Richard Sherman. So I could have been completely wrong, but luckily my prediction hit, and I would be very disappointed if uh, they they didn't get out of the first round. Because I'll tell you this, this is how I'm seeing it. There's not one single team in the NFC – that I would even going to the game with like a lot of doubt. Here's the thing. The best team is either the Rams or the Saints. We've lost to the Rams by three twice, I believe, or six once, three the other time. We lost to the Bears in the nail-biter. The Saints have shown they're very beatable. We beat Dallas, who just beat the Saints. We beat Minnesota, the team right below us. We've beat Carolina, the team right below Minnesota. Outside of the first two weeks of the season where we lost to Denver and Chicago, we've been a completely different team, and our losses have been teams to twice to the Rams. I mean, we've beat the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Panthers, the Eagles, and we've had close games with all these other teams. I wouldn't be scared going to New Orleans, Russell Wilson versus Drew Brees. It wouldn't be a type of game where I think there's no chance. You know, sometimes in the playoffs, like the Bills going to New England, you'd be like, there's no fucking chance. There's no way. But the Seahawks legitimately— Tennessee last year against New England. Yeah, even and they they still played all right, but imagine the Seahawks going to LA again. Who's to say we were we're much better now than we were a couple weeks ago when it was you know a three point game before in Seattle, and I think it was a three or six point game in in LA. We're a much better team again today with the run game, with Russell Wilson the way he's playing, the defense. I, I'm not, and this is not even a Seattle bias. I, I'd say this about a lot of teams, you know, lower seeds in other parts of the. Uh, of, uh, of like the AFC probably because I don't think there's a dominant team this year in either side. Um, so for the Seahawks, I think they're one of those teams that do, do have a chance. Yeah, of course, you can beat Dallas round one and then beat the New Orleans round two or Chicago round two, whoever like whoever it'd be. It'd be, yeah, it'd be uh, LA or New Orleans. You can beat those teams. That That's not inconceivable in any way. Yeah, it's not inconceivable in any way. My, 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 I completely agree with you. And I think the huge test for us um, is two weeks from now. And I know it's not on on the road and where we're going to probably play most of our playoff games, if not every single one of our playoff games, unless a miracle happens and we're hosting as a five seed playing a six seed. But in general, um, when the Kansas City Chiefs come into town, I think we're going to see how we match up against the NFL's elite elite. 
We've seen ourselves match up against the Rams twice and play really good football. We've seen ourselves play against the Vikings. We saw ourselves play against the Panthers when the Panthers were considered a really good team, like you said. And uh, now I we played the Bears, who are a good team. We matched up well against them early in the season. But this matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, is going to tell us, hey, how did how the Seahawks match up against the Elite? Even if we lose at home by three points, seven points, or even if, it, if we win, I, I think you can take a lot out of that game by the level of play by the team, not just by the result of the game. I, I really do believe it, it's, yeah, okay, obviously if we get blown out and by the Chiefs and then we have to play the Saints in round two of a playoffs, I still think we have a chance. But I just think it's a good test for the team to see how we play against the Kansas City Chiefs at home. And it was, and I think that will tell us a lot about what this team is really uh, capable of doing in the playoffs. I'll tell you what. Uh, I already know how we play against the elite. We, we compete with every single team. Unless we got blown out by the Chiefs, which I would be absolutely and completely shocked. In all honesty, I'd be very shocked if we got blown out. And I'll tell you how we play against the teams. And I'll tell you how we play on the road. On the road, we play teams like the Bears on the road and lose by seven early in the season when we have no identity. And then we play teams like the Cowboys at home and win by 11, who's considered a lead team. We lose to the Rams by two. Then we lost to the Rams by five. We beat the Packers. We beat the Panthers on the road. Uh, we beat the Lions when actually a lot of people back uh, during that time of the season, I think the Seahawks were underdogs in Detroit. They were. So we've underdogs. exceeded. Yeah, so we've exceeded every time people thought. we know, Even last night, me and you were talking about that. How, how are the Seahawks, what were they, two or three-point favorites in Seattle against the Vikings? I mean, home field's supposed to be three points in Seattle, according to Vegas. Uh, everyone keeps undermining the Seahawks, but I just don't think it's because they don't play this high-volume, like, prolific pass attack. And the NFL's not understanding how a team is this good when their first option is run because we haven't seen that in like three four years so i think it's confusing betters i think it's confusing to teams why are the seahawks so good no absolutely and i'm just excited to see this game against the chiefs after we t- hopefully just take care of business against the 49ers which we will and we move on to kansas city and then all of a sudden uh, look i think we can run the rest of his table win 11 that'd make us what 11 and 5 and or 10 and 6 but um if we go two and one and uh, I'm excited to see what we do for the playoffs in general. Imagine, imagine the two and three Seahawks. They start off the year two and three, and then I think at one point, what they were, they were four and five. They were, they were four and, and five two at, at one point. point. Yeah, and then two and three, and then four and five. What was it? One, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four and five. Imagine if they end up eleven and five. <laughs> Uh, what that, a year. Th- that'd be great. We're playing the best football at the best time of the year to play good football, too. Yeah, that's, that's the most important. I mean, so for me, I could see us running the table as well. If we lose to Kansas City, no big deal. Um, end of 10 wins, you'll probably still have the five seed and face Dallas, which I really don't mind. Um, but for me, big win. Defense looked good. Wanted the shutout. Didn't get it. It's okay. Um, and that's all I got on the Seahawks right now. I think we're um, extremely blessed. To have Russell Wilson, and that's that's kind of my main point out of yesterday. I know a lot of people are going to say he was kind of inconsistent. We're blessed to have Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson, kind of like the two highlights of our podcast today. We're so blessed to have the leader of our defense and the leader of our offense, which a lot of teams don't have both those pieces, 
And you can see it clearly makes a difference when you have both those like pieces in place. And so um, I'm just so glad we have that. And uh, whenever you're ready, I'm ready to talk a little bit of this hockey expansion possibly. Yes, but real quick, since we're not going to have a podcast, Seattle-themed podcast, just, you know, early prediction here for Sunday. Uh, they beat the 49ers, right, easily. That, I mean, we don't have to talk too much about that matchup right now, but uh, they just beat the 49ers, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've had a couple close calls on the road, um, even against the Cardinals earlier in the year. I think it was 20-7 to, 20 to 7 we only won against the Cardinals. Um this Cardinals team, or sorry, uh, yeah, I guess Cardinals, but this 49ers team is a little, like, either really bad on weeks or they're very chippy and decent. So, I would, in, in division rival, I wouldn't be so shocked if it was a chippy game. But I would, I would, uh, not shocked, but I'd be surprised if they lost. It would be quite surprising. Not like the biggest upset in the world, but yeah, I, I'd have a hard time predicting any case where the 49ers come out with a win. Yeah, I, I agree. So time for some hockey. To some hockey. Like here. Uh, what'd you say? I was just saying hockey. I was saying, I was saying it's hockey time. Though. So time for some hockey. Uh, expansion. Right. I, uh, I'm excited about this expansion. Uh, and for those that are wondering about the little lag, George takes his headphone out when he's talking because uh, he hears himself, so he's got to take it out for a second. So there's a slight lag at some points. We're usually going to be doing this together. We're doing this in opposite places, so we're online right now. Um, so the hockey expansion, and, obviously. The, and, and and also, uh, we're going to figure out how do I not hear myself at some point, too. And then we won't have, even if we're far away, I won't have this little bit of lag either. Yeah, that's the goal. That would definitely be the goal. Um, we'll figure it out. But uh, Key Arena. Key Arena is going to be exciting because they're going to be, I think, $500 million in renovation to get this this hockey team in there. And I think, obviously, the city is a lot more in support of the hockey deal, obviously, because they see a potential future with basketball. And uh, I don't want to overshadow the hockey talk with, oh, the Sonics could come back because – we all know that, and I think everybody's on board that that's kind of what we want long-term. But the hockey is pretty cool because, really, we're a close drive to Canada. There might be a big rivalry for a team like a Vancouver. You can kind of get this cool you know, border rivalry type of thing, and, and I really think we've seen it in Seattle. Whether, whether me or you or whoever's listening aren't the biggest Sounders fans, for example, if you didn't like soccer that much, you could see that you you have a big enough amount of people here that will get behind the sport. The Sounders got a big backing. The Mariners always have a backing. The Seahawks, college sports, NBA always had one. You know that there's going to be enough fans. They had a goal of 5,000 season tickets being sold, I think, in the first, like, whatever, a couple days. They sold 10,000 in the first hour. And I've had, I had friends put down deposits to get on the list for the season tickets for hockey. It's going to be great, especially – the fact that they're coming before the NBA maybe ever comes back, I think it gives people a chance to have another sport to fall in love with um, and, you know, not have too many on their plate. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, the one thing with the hockey team is that, yeah, I don't know much about hockey, but it'll force me to, I mean, this is Seattle. I'll, I'll get behind the team. I'll watch it. 
and I'll find out if I like it or not. I mean, right now, I guess the only thing I'm concerned about is what are we going to call the team until because right now we don't know who the players are. But we did see just you know quickly before we get into uh, anything else. I just want to do say that the Las Vegas Knights were an expansion team last year, and you know they. Uh, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year as an expansion team because you are allowed to pick up some really good players as an expansion team from other teams. So, you know, it's going to be exciting because that's the cool thing about hockey. Like, an expansion team can really come out and do well from year one and make the playoffs from year one and compete for championships in year one. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> as two guys that never really watch hockey, we've been to a Canucks game. Um, and if you're if somehow you're listening, like you skip the intro of the podcast. We are brothers. Um, we we run this together. You can find us at sonsports.com, S O N T Sports. And now we're doing a weekly Seattle podcast. And and we have never been big hockey fans. We've been to Vancouver to watch the Canucks. I think George used to live in Florida, went to Golden Golden Panthers. Panthers? Just the Florida Panthers, Florida Panthers. not Golden Panthers. Yeah. yeah uh, Golden Panthers was FIU, the college I went to. So FIU, yeah. Uh, it was uh, uh, the Panthers. I know we've been to hockey games. You know, we, we both actually, because of Vegas, that was the first time I think we were actually engulfed in, like, big time in a Stanley Cup where we're watching day in and day out. And I think that's because it was really cool that it was a new team doing this. And so hopefully mm -hmm. that happens here too. <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. What do you want the team name to be? Okay, before I tell you what I want it to be, I'm going to give you, there's actually on Odd Shark a list of the odds of all the different names. Hmm. Nice. So, I'm going to read a name. Can you tell me yes or no if you're interested? And I'm going to give you the order in their all odds. Right. All right. Odds number one, plus 450 is the Emeralds. No. No, not interested. The Seattle Totem, plus 600. Interested. Me too. Uh, we both went to Sammamish High School, the Sammamish Totems. So I feel like and it would be a really cool logo. <laughs> yes. Um, the Rainiers, plus 650. Actually pretty good. I didn't even hear about this one. Oddshark might... I don't know how Oddshark has names I've never heard of. The Rainiers, the Seattle Rainiers. I actually do like it a lot. I, I, I do, too. Um, the Evergreens, plus 800. They say Evergreen. I say Everno. Wow. That is that is a joke of the day. That's cool. Um, we'll go to... We'll go to my favorite, my least favorite, and I know one of my friends, Austin Lee, his favorite, Kraken plus eight hundred. I swear to God, if they call themselves the Kraken, I'm out. I'm like, I'm not watching a team. I'm not gonna be a fan of a team. I'm not into the name Kraken whatsoever. It sounds like you're like the Seattle Kraken. All right, get the hell out of here. The Renegades plus eight hundred. No. What's the renegade? Like like a badass. Sea lions plus eight hundred. Sea lions are lazy. No. I actually don't mind the sea lions. Firebirds plus nine fifty. No. Cougars plus one thousand. 
Mm, no. George is a Husky, for those who are wondering, so <laughs> Cougars is not going to work. Um, Eagles, plus 1,000. No. By the way, I'm just. What, what is this odd shark? Like, go look up Seattle Times. None of these. They haven't said the Metropolitans. They haven't said the Sockeyes. They haven't said the Thunderbirds. Like, is Odd Shark onto something that I don't know about? Do they have inside information? Like, what the fuck? Like, it just makes no sense to me. The the Renegades. No, I've Sockeye. never heard one person say Renegades or Rainiers or Firebirds or Firecrotch or like. Come on, uh, the Cougars. I haven't heard one person say the Cougars. Come. <laughs> Because you don't, you don't read anything about the hockey team. We've read one Seattle Times article. Even me, we haven't, we've ne- we haven't been engulfed in what's going on in the hockey world. Sockeyes are plus fifteen hundred. I see. That's one I've heard of the Sockeyes, and I like the Sockeyes. I mean, it's kind of a weak ass fish because it gets caught and dies pretty quickly after it comes out of the stream because you know it's like a salmon. But I mean, it's indigenous to the uh, Northwest, so I think it's kind of cool. The Seattle Sockeyes, it's cool. Uh, I'll tell you this. They're obviously looking into like the Metropolitans and things like that. Um, I prefer the Seattle Metropolitans or the Seattle Totems. Those are kind of my favorite two. Uh, I think a totem pole is a cool color with the green and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the Metropolitans, for those who don't know, I think it was 1917, the first ever Stanley Cup winner was the Seattle Mets. Seattle Metropolitans. Yeah. Um, we obviously lost our team eventually, just like we've lost our other damn teams. And... Uh, now we're here. I think you go to the old name. And I know that they're looking at Thunderbirds, but the Thunderbirds would have to give up their name, the minor league team. Just let the Thunderbirds keep the damn name, and let's just go with the Mets. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I want to go with the Mets as my number one choice. Totems is number two choice. And then for number three, I'd take the Sockeyes as my number three choice. If this is just saying that we don't have uh, Thunderbirds at our disposal. Thunderbirds would be my third choice. But if we can't have Thunderbirds, I'd rather go Sockeyes and and Rainiers at number four. Yeah, I the Rainiers was the first time I've heard it actually, but it'd be kind of cool. Even yeah. and you could like even have like a R like the Rainier beer logo. Exactly, it'd be pretty sweet actually. Yeah, and I just want to even like as much as I hate the Washington State Cougars, I'd rather have our team name be the Seattle Cougars than the Seattle Kraken. Like Kraken is the last name on my list. I'd rather be the Seattle. I don't know. Think of a horrible name. The Seattle punk grunge bands like i don't care as anything but kraken the whales they have one of them was the whales i like the whales too because you know that was because they were want to bring back the hartford whales and the canucks versus the whales would actually be a good rivalry because canucks and whales like kind of fight each other or some shit like that i'm just saying i mean i'd die it'd be okay with me better than kraken I will pass, pass. I will pass on the whales. A fat like animal that moves slowly, just like your sea lions. We don't want that. Um, Cougars is definitely a better name than Kraken, though. I agree with that because uh, uh, we don't need him to be the Kraken. Um, that's all I got. Let's go see. I don't Mets, baby. I think it's going to be the Mets anyways, even though it wasn't on the list. So don't bet in Vegas because I don't think it's going to be even one of the lists on there. Um, I'm, I think it's going to be the Seattle Mets. We're going to get a Stanley Cup here, and then we're going to get our NBA team back, and then we'll have everything but a World Series win. And uh, maybe we'll get that one day. I really hope so. 
And, you know, we're all probably right, not going to get it next year, though. I'll tell you that right now. We're probably going to be one of the worst teams in all of baseball next year. But, you know, maybe next uh, for the next podcast, uh, we'll do a Seattle Mariners-themed one uh, and talk about all our offseason moves since the Seahawks kind of have an easier game this week. And I'm going to be out of town on Tuesday to uh, do that. So maybe we'll record it later in the week and release Tuesday a uh, Seattle Mariners podcast for next week. Sounds good, buddy. Um, we'll uh, we'll be back. Everybody needs to go subscribe. That being said, podcast. That being said, check us out. Sontsports.com, S-O-N-T-Sports.com. Every Tuesday, we'll be releasing a Seattle-themed podcast. This week, recapping some NHL stuff, Monday Night Football. Um, and, yeah, bearing a, bearing a weird game against the 49ers, most likely we'll have a baseball uh, a baseball. What's it called? The baseball a podcast about the Mariners and their their weird little uh, what's the their weird uh, moves this offseason. You're with your baby girl. You've been practicing your mamas and dadas for weeks, and now she looks up and begins to mouth her very first words. This is the moment you've been waiting for. It's time to visit your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer and test drive the all-new GLE. With the first era of the Mercedes-Benz user experience and optional third-row seating for your whole family. Smart mama. Smart Dada. Visit MBUSA.com slash GLE to learn more. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Some equipment described as optional. Man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside Gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside Gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free Get Upside Gas app now. Download the free Get Upside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code NEXT for a 20-cent gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 45 cents a gallon on your next tank. Just download the free Get Upside app at the App Store or Google Play and use promo code NEXT. Save money on gas on every fill-up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code NEXT. That's N-E-X-T.